0: Welcome to First Time Lord. I'm Daniel Levain and as the title of the podcast implies, I am the first time Time Lord. In that I had never seen Doctor Who and now every week I get so excited to watch a new episode and then share it with one of my experts. People that have so much knowledge, it just pours out of them and they make the episode even better and this week we're talking about the vampires of venice which is episode six can you believe it we're into episode six of series five and you know if if we're gonna talk about something that requires a lot of knowledge well i need the best the best of the best as it comes to doctor who experts and fans and that's ashley martin
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Welcome to the episode. It is the Tidbits Queen herself.
1: Live and in person.
0: (laughs) Live and in person. This will be a live Tidbits peppered throughout the entire episode because you are legitimately like an expert. I think between you and John not that you know jamie brings a lot of really interesting uh facts and so does jenny and so does eric but you and john have like copious notes that you prepare
1: i did have two pages today (laughs)
0: like you can hear the papers wrestling everybody that's how prepared they are And every week that I get to do a show with them, I learn so much about the episode. So I think we're all going to learn a lot together. But if you have not seen it, now is the time to pause the podcast and go see the Vampires of Venice, which is a nice alliteration. Vampires in Venice. Uh, I, I I really struggle Say that with five this.
1: times fast. <laughs> I, I
0: can't. I really, like, V's are difficult for me. You know, like, people have speech impediments. I don't know why. V's are always difficult. I will, at some point in this podcast, you will hear me say vampires instead of <laughs> vampires. I guarantee you.
1: Well, they're not really <laughs> vampires, so it's okay.
0: That's right. So, uh, that's a little spoiler, but don't worry. It's not a big spoiler. We're going to start the episode. Yeah, they're not vampires. They're fish people
1: thank goodness it's not those dudes from twilight walking around
0: (laughs) oh dear god i i (laughs) you know you brought this up i wasn't gonna mention it but the moment they're like the the episode is called vampires in venice and they're walking around in daylight and i was like Oh, dear goodness. Here we <laughs> go again. <laughs> right. Right. I'm like, is is Patterson going to show up here now? Like, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was not ready. Um, but I, as always, uh, you know, here's what you think is going to happen. And Doctor Who is going to kind of turn it a little bit and then, then turn it around again. You know, it's it's never going to be a straightforward thing with Doctor Who.
1: Thankfully, I was really worried when I when I originally watched it and I saw the title and, you know, this came out in 2010 ish. So it was still kind of the Twilight fandom. I was like, oh, oh no, are they going into this, too? Please tell me we're not going to have vampires that are supposed to be sexy. And oh, aren't they dreamy? no. But then they didn't. So they turned out to be alien. So thank you, Stephen Moffat, for not doing that. Well,
0: not only did they turn to, to be alien, they were also not even like. It, it was not about. Uh, all, <laughs> there is a little bit of sexuality in that they were trying to create mates
1: mm-hmm. for the
0: 10,000 men <laughs> that of were. Of course they were. <laughs> rescued. <laughs> right. Um, but they, uh, you know, it wasn't like a. Uh, a, a sexy couple That you know was trying It was a mom and a son uh, So again like Bucking with that tradition I really like that I appreciated That um, and I also Laughed during this episode More than I thought I would yes. On an episode that is titled The Vampires of Venice
1: <laughs> Yeah
0: But it the show got really funny
1: It is Matt Smith Is a very goofy doctor you're starting to get to see more and more of that now. this is your sixth episode with him
0: it It is and i you know I mentioned last week how i you know i i I was not quite sure I was liking what he was doing, and then you know he he had that confrontation at the end of uh the time of angels, and I thought you know he really kind of came into himself and stood up for himself and was a, a little bit of his old self at the end of flesh and stone and you know it was it was all going great but i went into also that episode thinking that amy's wonderful and then at the end of the flesh and stone amy kind of gets all like horny mm. teenager and i'm like yeah. oh, can we i thought we moved on from this and then we get this episode this week and it, it, it almost kind of rectified it for me. Cause yeah, she was kind of getting horny teenager and the way the doctor solved it is, well, let's, let's bring your bow, Let's, you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll take you, you on a me date.
1: Bring your boyfriend. <laughs> right.
0: And, and, and showing up out of a cake popping up out of the, you know, the cake thinking that it would be a stripper. And he's like, yeah, she's outside in her bikini and uh, she's got diabetes. Let, let's let yeah. her in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really, really enjoy Matt Smith. I mean, you know, David Tennant is my favorite. Yeah. A hundred percent. And especially to follow him would be very hard. And when he first regenerated, i told you before, I was like, who is this guy with the long, <laughs> like Justin Bieber hair? what he's a child what is happening but i love matt smith i think you will grow to adore him so much he's kind of t- he and chris freckleson are tied as my number 2 favorite doctor wow and i think you're really going to love him i mean the the longer he's on there i mean his hair gets cut finally thankfully <laughs> grandma was happy but to be the youngest doctor he is going to portray a doctor that you're going to see. You can feel the years on him mm. more than Eccles Center Tennant. I think he plays the old man, you know, really, really well. And you'll really see the weight of all of his, you know, 900 years and all the things that have happened. He plays it so well. I think Matt Smith is such a good actor you're really going to see that as as it goes along. And he gives some amazing speeches along the way. I, I really, really think he's a wonderful doctor. And I was very sad when he left. Hmm. He, you know, even though is will always be my favorite. I think Matt Smith has my favorite goodbye. Hmm. Um, but Amy, let's talk even, about Amy. Even better than... I don't want to go.
0: <laughs> don't uh... do that to me.
1: I, I mean that line breaks my heart every time. But you I mean, we'll get there. But Matt Smith's he he has a much longer farewell. Mm. And it's it was beautifully done, beautifully written. You know, David gets that one line, I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. By himself. Matt gets a little more, and it was very beautifully done. But um Amy yeah let's talk about amy for a second i've heard your other podcasts i know jamie loves amy yes i'm more on par with jenny she's not my favorite companion and i know i'm in the minority Mm -hmm. because if you look at any doctor who poll rose and amy are always at the very top they Mm. are the two favorites so I know I'm in the minority. Well,
0: they're also it's. I think it's because they're very similar, at, at least at at first, in that they're both young women at with bef- boyfriends. <laughs> well, that too. I mean, there's that similarity, but you know, um, Martha was a little older and mm-hmm. thus a little more mature. And then, of course, Donna was absolutely a fully matured woman with you know a couple of lifetimes on her. The, the way that she behaved. So I, I, I can see where, you know, for for a fandom that could jump in at any moment, which I think is one of the, the cool things about the show, that anybody that jumps in at any given time would sort of identify with the more naive, the more... Uh, naive is not the right word. It's more like a blank slate. You know, when you're yeah. young... You're still not a fully formed adult, so things can happen to you that will influence you more than when you're more like Donna, where you're just at that point. You, you've you done all the growing, you're going to learn a little bit, but you're going to bend the world around you, whereas both Amy and Rose kind of bend around the world a little bit. Yeah. Now for Rose, you know, she turned into this amazing, uh, mature. Uh, you know, her. I think her character. I, I understand why you and so many people love her. My my wife adores Rose. I and I and I'm. I mentioned this to Jenny last week. I am trying actively not to make those decisions for myself yet because I well, haven't seen good. all of the companions yet. Once You're I a long way
1: to go. <laughs> once I catch
0: up, I can say currently these have been my favorite, my favorite doctor, yeah. my favorite companion, but I feel it's doing a disservice to, you know, only five series in when I know there are more doctors and more companions to come to start mm-hmm. jumping to conclusions. But I, I did I, I did think Amy was going to go a different way. And after the way that last week's episode ended, I'm kind of glad that it went the way that it's going where she kind of snapped out of at least seemingly right now, she snapped out <laughs> of that infatuation with the doctor yeah, and placed it back onto, you know, her fiancé uh, and is excited to share. Um, c- uh, n- unlike the way Rose was never excited to have Mickey and the TARDIS. To share
1: with Mickey, no.
0: <laughs> right. Like she, I mean, she didn't mind, but she it was clearly it, it was not her first choice. Her first choice was to be like. Get the heck out. I'm, I'm going to go continue to adventure, mm-hmm. you know, and the doctor says a little bit of that in, in his funny way of, you know, it's like she she went through this whole thing and I happened to be there. You should have been there.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's what is so funny. <laughs> I love how goofy he is with all of the romantic stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the way he was just backing away from her and there's other stuff that you'll see too. He's just he's so funny and childlike and I think that's why children love him I mean, so much. But his,
0: his reaction coming out of that cake and saying, "Say, oh, you know, uh, your girlfriend wanted to kiss me." Well, did you kiss her? Uh, yes but and, uh, you, you're a lucky man she's a very good kisser he's and, just
1: so innocent and literal right and
0: the entire room turns on him is like you know how you say something in your head and it sounds different and you're like oh yeah. doctor <laughs> trying to backpedal out of a you know room full of uh, soccer hooligans
1: i know he's so he's so sweet that's what such a sweet doctor but I Like I said, I know I'm in the minority, but I am not an Amy fan. Mm. Um, she does get better. I will say that as she matures and grows up. Mm. And the storyline for her, I'm not going to say anything, okay. but you are in for an amazing ride with that. I will say it was really well done. But she kind of annoys me. I just have a hard time with how she treats Rory. I feel mm. like... It, he's so sweet, you know, in the same way that, that Mickey was so sweet, but it's like, if you don't like him, you know, why are you with him?
0: That, that was That's always, I, I mean, y- you've heard me have those discussions. I, we've About had those discussions <laughs> uh, on the podcast, how much I loved Mickey and how I thought that Rose was being a little selfish, uh, either not letting him go or, you know, dragging him on, leading him on in, in in a relationship that she knew she was not all that interested in keeping, but she was kind of playing the field. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I really, really uh, dislike that aspect of Rose. Uh, and I guess, you know, because I, we only really saw him briefly in that episode where, you know, it, it wasn't even immediately apparent that they were together until, you know, the revelation is actually spoken. Uh, whereas with, with Mickey. <laughs> is it the was...
1: good looking one or the one with the.
0: <laughs> right, but like, it, it was pretty <laughs> obvious from the get go that Mickey and Rose were together. Yeah. Um, as opposed to this relationship. So where we are at in the timeline in episode six uh, you know, this is really the first episode that I get to see him as the, the fiancé. Fiance. Uh, and I have to say, you know, he plays it really well. He's kind of offended. He's upset. He's not talking to her. He's a little disturbed with the doctor. But at the same time, he's he's willing to play ball significantly more than Mickey was. Mickey was very afraid yeah. of jumping in that TARDIS and going off. Uh, and whereas, and what, what's his name again? I keep forgetting. Rory. Rory. Yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna take a while to stick in the brain, but, you know. It just
1: made me think of Rory Gilmore, because I was, I'm a big uh, Gilmore Girls fan. Yeah, Rory. there you
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> Rory, but, you know, Rory, like, jumped into the TARDIS, you know, not, like, both feet in. Uh,
1: oh, he was ready. But he also wanted to be there for Amy, too. And to protect her, he's very worried that she just took off, you know, the night before her wedding. Right.
0: You know, like, he has that great line. You know, mm-hmm. he's asking a question. He's like, what? I think I should know. I'm getting married in 430 years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rory is going to have a really fun storyline. There's going to be a lot of jokes about sweet little Rory. Mm-hmm. And Arthur Darville does a really good job because he plays the bumbling you know, goofy guy, but then he also has some very serious, you know, heroic moments, so he's, we like Rory, Rory's good people.
0: Yeah, I I just, you know, Amy did her thing again this week where, you know, I still have a hard time, like, I knew exactly where Martha fit in right away with the doctor, just like you knew immediately when Donna came on, you knew where Donna was going to fit in. After, mm-hmm. after the runaway bride, when she actually tracks him down, it, like you knew where Donna was going to fit in.
1: Yeah.
0: It, like, I'm still trying to figure out where Amy fits in other than as the MacGuffin, you know, as the, as the reason <laughs> that we as the audience get things explained to, you know, and I'm not satisfied yet with that answer because we've, we've seen it already, you know, it, In five series in, I want you to be a little more inventive than just give me a person that can be Mm -hmm. a normal person so that you can say all these extraterrestrial words and and then have to explain them uh, so that the lowly human can understand them. And I think currently that's, you know, occasionally she serves a greater role, but, you know, I, I I... I'm not completely soured on her, but you know, six episodes in, I I'm not quite convinced that she's earned this spot inside that progress, <laughs> right. you know?
1: Well, the episode that we're gonna do with Jenny in a couple weeks mm. is an it probably the most beautiful episode of Doctor Who that's ever been done. Mm. And she's very good in that episode. And like I said, her storyline is gonna be incredible, but she's not my favorite. <laughs> i know the hoobians are gonna be very angry with me but she's Mm -hmm. not my favorite well speaking of the
0: story um there there are at least that i seemingly picked up uh you know the fish people somehow the saturn Saturn irons does that mean they were from from saturn Saturn. (laughs) like is that real like they were from our own solar system from saturn
1: they or never they? say that, unless we're to assume that Saturn is just full of creepy-looking fish people with vampire teeth. But we don't know. Who knows?
0: I mean, the the, the teeth that they had when they were in their weird little because they kind of also looked a little bit like a shrimp, like their tail <laughs> had, like yeah. you know, they they looked like a weird hybrid between, like a deep sea, fish, and like a sea monkey. <laughs>
1: And then also the, what is the dinosaur that has the, the big like Elizabethan neck that comes out? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like it was, I mean, I I thought the design of the aliens was really pretty.
1: Well, apparently it was so expensive that that's why they could only show it in little blips because it costs too much. And when they tossed that poor girl in Isabella, Into Mm. the, you know, make her walk the plank, matey. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The monster was supposed to jump out of the water. Mm. But because of budget cuts, that's why we see nothing. Uh, We see the bubbles. (laughs) Yes. Oh, Uh, there's something down there. It's
0: the 10,000 husbands devouring that, you know, I mean, again, fishes, you know, they kind of looked a little bit like piranhas. So sure. Yes, yes. You know. Uh, but I yeah I thought the design was really pretty and everything. It's just uh, such a such an interesting concept that they fell through the crack. Hmm.
1: That there were cracks
0: that led to silence and the end of the universe. They
1: ran from the silence.
0: They right they ran from the silence because some of the cracks had silence and the end of the universe. And they hmm. fell through a crack and landed on Venice. Hmm. Hmm. I, I, am I going to get anything else or is it going to be one of these? Spoilers. Ah, there you there go. we go. All right. So not much there, but there was the crack. We we experienced it. Um, mm-hmm. the, there was a little bit at the end of last week's episode That kind of transitions to this week uh, and that the doctor last week said uh, something that kind of also bothered me a little bit because, you know, they made this big deal about how Donna was like the most important woman in the world for like a hot second. And now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like, it's all about you, Amy. The whole world is all about you. It's really important that I sort that that I sort you out
1: yeah whichever companion he's with at the time is the most important one in the universe. yeah,
0: and you're like that that starts to lose a little bit of its meaning here, Bucko like can it just be another like time rift thing? um but so sorting her out was bringing Rory. Uh, the doctor's immediate solution for sorting her out. Like he needed to mend their relationship. (laughs) It'll keep
1: her off of me. So I'm going to bring her fiance. (laughs) Well,
0: (laughs) The way I took it is he was more interested in making sure that he mended their relationship and he righted their relationship. Like it is very important for whatever is happening across time and space that Amy and Rory continue down the path of actually getting married.
1: hmm
0: My my mm-hmm. okay, we're we're gonna play it get again. It again. It again. There it is. Uh but okay, okay. We're we're going down that road. Um <laughs> we're going we're going there. Um was
1: very important that they get married.
0: That they get married.
1: Okay. And just be together, that's all I'm going to say.
0: It's like she's the the gatekeeper and he's the key master.
1: I'm not going to say anything, Okay. But, but once it is revealed and it's going to, I mean, their storyline is going to be very long developed, but once it's all out there, you are just going to, you're going to throw your headphones off. You're going to be just so blown away.
0: Um, okay, I don't usually watch the show with headphones, but apparently, <laughs> I I should start be because I'm week, gonna okay. throw, yeah I'm gonna throw <laughs> things off. Um, so there was a little bit of that. Um, did I miss anything else? Was there anything else in this episode? I mean, we got to see some cool moments in the TARDIS, the Doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, now that there's this whole like space underneath the. The flight deck, uh, you know, before it just kind of looked like it was a sub-basement. Now, like, you can actually hang out there.
1: Yeah, uh, underneath. Yeah, there's way more to the TARDIS than we know. And I love how with each iteration, they show you something else, you know, or they talk about things like, oh, you know, go down that hallway to mm-hmm. the left past the library, you know, to the pool, you know, the things that we just never see.
0: Yeah, the pool and the library, Uh, that, uh, this doctor fell in when the, when the TARDIS was upside down or sideways. Um, I, I have to be honest and I I may get some fan mail, uh, on this, but I, this episode changed my mind a little bit, but I, I didn't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not digging the TARDIS design in this.
1: Oh, I, I hate it.
0: Oh, there you go. I'll okay. get in black
1: too. I mean, I love um, Eccleston and Tennant's TARDIS because you know that was he's my man. Sure, I love Tennant, but they finally broke the fourth wall with this TARDIS. You know, it's a full three hundred and sixty set as mm-hmm. opposed to David's TARDIS, which literally was you never saw the side that the camera was sure, on. Sure,
0: yeah, it was. A...
1: I prefer the the next. Mm-hmm. Um, version of the TARDIS of the interior Um, that I think so far is my favorite the next one I do. It's just
0: this one feels a (laughs) little more claustrophobic I don't
1: like it it's just too yellow and orange and they just don't like the architecture there's a lot of running upstairs and I don't know Yeah, I mean,
0: I I I like the new layout of the, the deck and the you know everything around that center console but what I really liked about that old TARDIS was it felt like the the, you know the the gag is oh it's much bigger on the inside that's the thing Mm -hmm. that everybody says but it actually felt like it was this big giant Mm -hmm. cavernous room whereas this just feels like you know a flat with uh, you know seven to foot tall ceilings <laughs> you know yeah. it, it feels like the equivalent of like the space you would get like if you had a really expensive new york apartment as opposed to <laughs> you know the taj mahal kind of thing yeah uh, so i mean i it's growing on me because of the versatility uh and you know him being able to be underneath that deck and still be seen and do, you know, whatever he was doing on that swing. Uh, you know but I you know, this was the first time where I was like, oh, okay, they're doing something with it. As opposed right. to, as opposed to it just kind of feeling very claustrophobic, very, you know, like yeah. Not not It's
1: so far up until and I'm current. So mm-hmm. far up to present Doctor Who, it's my least favorite TARDIS interior. Mm. So, I'm right there with you. And it's not to say it's bad or it's hideous. It's sure, just sure. it's not my favorite and that's okay because there's a favorite for everyone.
0: But I I definitely do like um how much bluer the Tardis is on the outside.
1: Yes. And that the, It's a very bright bold blue, now.
0: And that the wood grain is mm-hmm. much more visible the, that And they put the St. John's
1: Ambulance sticker back on there. Yep.
0: Uh, like I, I do like those two changes. It is, uh, I, to me, it's very pleasing. I enjoy seeing the TARDIS show up, uh, in, in that color. So,
1: you know, I,
0: I, I I feel like such a fan now because I'm starting to have like, (laughs) you're
1: analyzing all these differences now. It's good.
0: And then I'm starting to have like actual opinions, you know, there's things that I'm allowing myself to have opinions on. Uh, and that, you know, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't like the interior. I just mm-hmm. don't. But, uh, so anything else? What, what are some of the uh, tidbits that I missed from this episode?
1: Well, you've got the biggest thing about the cracks and she said we ran from the silence. Um, those are the biggest things to remember mm-hmm. essentially going forward. Um, other than that, I just have regular Good old behind-the-scenes tidbits here. Yeah, let's get it. So this episode and also the 10th episode coming up that we'll do later together mm-hmm. were both filmed in Trogir, Croatia. They were. It was not filmed in Venice. Interesting. Uh, they did it there because it would have taken too much time to cover up all the modern shops in Venice. Mm. And this city in Croatia had actually been colonized by the Venetians. So there was a lot of similar architecture. So that worked out. That's cool. They Um, were such proud
0: people, you know, (laughs) we're Venetians, blow up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was like, ah, this is (laughs) Sparta.
1: Oh, my God, yes.
0: Well, because exactly. like before she jumps into, you know, the, the pool of nothingness because of yeah. budget cuts, you know, she says, I'm a Venetian, you know, like, mm-hmm. we can no.
1: swim. right? <laughs> like, uh, I don't think you're going to have the chance. Honey. Right? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah. So could um, the lady in Jaws didn't turn out well for her either.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Um um, next one was, it made me laugh really because the very beginning of the episode, when they get to Venice and he, the doctor says he doesn't want to run into Casanova. <laughs> I laughed so hard because, uh, in 2005, before, uh, David Tennant took over as the doctor, he made a mini series uh, written and produced by Russell T Davies. Mm. Gee, I wonder how he got the job as a doctor. He was <laughs> in a little mini series called Casanova, Casanova, where he played Casanova. And I thought it was so funny because I was just picturing Matt Smith as the doctor running into David Tennant as Casanova. And I'm sure that's why they put that in there. Cause that would have been hilarious.
0: <laughs> just the mental picture,
1: but also Helen McCrory who plays the main woman in this one, Rosanna, she played Casanova's mother in the Heath Ledger movie of Casanova.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So there's all All these Casanova
0: connections. Yeah. Yes. Timey, Um, wibbly, 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 -wibbly
1: Wobbly. There you go. Um, and her costume, like we were talking about the design earlier, her costume with that big Elizabethan collar Mm -hmm. was designed to be similar to the alien creature. So it'd make a smoother transition. And apparently they coached her on how to move like a fish. Mm. And she was really into that. She really took to that, they said.
0: Um, She definitely looked like she was having a good time on that set.
1: She did. She was an amazing actress. And I feel like, you know, she's so famous in the Harry Potter fandom as Narcissa Malfoy, Draco's Mm. mother. And I feel like she didn't get enough time. You know, she could have done a lot more. She's such a great a, actress.
0: She's like uh, just a barely passing reference but mm-hmm. that's why the movies stink and the books are better.
1: <laughs> um, oh this is really interesting and it's something that I think it, it, you'll see over time especially I think it happened with Rose and it's going to happen with the next companion after Amy but the scene where Rory is you know angry with the doctor and he says you know they become more like you. They want to run towards the danger to your companions want to run towards the danger to impress you. You know, why, why is this a good thing that they're becoming more like you? And I think that really happened to Rose, you know, over time, she really, she would just run into anything, whatever the danger was. And it's going to happen with the doctor's next companion. You know, she's not good. They start to not, Think about the consequences in a way, and it was really important. Yeah, even Donna did it. It's really important for Rory to bring that up because it it really reminds you. Oh, they really are in a lot of danger. You know, I think they get to feel a bit, you know, like nothing can hurt them because they're with the doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I really like that he questioned that. Um, oh the the teeth. That they were. Each, apparently, each set of teeth was molded for the specific actor, but they still were so difficult to talk in that whenever they had those teeth in, all those lines had to be 80 yard.
0: <laughs> because
1: they just probably sounded, you know, like Cindy Brady or something when they were talking. It just sounded awful. <laughs> um, did you notice when he? goes to show his psychic paper the second time and he accidentally shows his library card. The picture is of the first doctor.
0: I did not <laughs> notice that.
1: I thought that was so funny that his library card is that old that it's it's from, from it, uh, his first regen.
0: Yeah, that would have been 10 generations ago for him.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. No, I thought that was funny. Um, sort of in the way that, he didn't always follow this, but the way that David would wear his brown suit when he'd go to the past and his blue suit. When he'd go to the future, mm-hmm. we're kind of seeing Matt Smith wear the blue bow tie, bow tie. and suspenders or bracers as they call them um, <laughs> when he's in the past. And then the red in the future.
0: I, I noticed it, that this go around. These, I was like, there you Hey, go. his bow tie is a different color.
1: Mm-hmm. And in the old credits, the the Eccleston and Tennant credits, when the TARDIS was traveling through, when it would kind of go into blue, it was supposed to be going into the past, and red, it was going into the future. Mm-hmm. I like how they do those little subtle things. Um, and then Helen McCrory, who we've talked about, who played Narcissa Malfoy, mm-hmm. Draco's mama, Alex Price, who plays her son in this episode, he plays Draco Malfoy in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on oh. stage. <laughs> So they kind of played mother and son again. Um, and then the only other thing I, I had other than the silence and the cracks I thought was really well done was the cinematography in this episode Mm -hmm. when the doctor and Rosanna were having that scene together where they were flirting, which I thought was very strange. It's like, Oh, okay. Oh, all right, doctor. Talk about the children. Okay. um, but they shot them from the ground. And at first I was like, why are we seeing this angle? And then I realized it was to show the beautiful ceiling, mm-hmm. you know, that this is not a set. We're actually filming it right. in mm-hmm. a beautiful historical location. This is not a set that has no ceiling. So I thought the cinematography was really well done in this episode.
0: Yeah, it was very seamless. It You know, it, it was obvious that they were on location and that we weren't. Uh, because the angles weren't as locked off as they usually are. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, they were actually pointing up uh, in, as opposed to most of the straight on or or pointing down kind of situation. Um, but yeah, it was very picturesque. Uh, some really good lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for an episode that has to deal with uh, sunlight, there was some really good lighting in this episode. Well
1: done, DP. Well done.
0: Yeah. People did, uh, you know, they did things that we like, even though apparently we don't like Amy now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The people listening are going to go, oh, I'm not listening to her anymore. She doesn't like Amy. She doesn't like the TARDIS. What's wrong with her? Well, I
0: mean, again, it's opinions. We are all allowed opinions. And the. I I keep harping on this, but I do love the, this concept, this construct of a fictional character that can at any moment for almost any reason change the way he looks or she looks change the, the way their, you know, transportation looks. And (laughs) so it's, you know, it's not, Tethered to anything, and it can be anything and it can be updated and modernized and still feel you know at its core when it's done right and seemingly so far you know i it it is obvious that this entire series was written as sort of one continuous through line
1: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, You know, it doesn't feel like we have the filler episodes like we did with the Russell T. Davies era where there were episodes that were clearly pushing the narrative forward and there were episodes that were just there because, hey, why not? It's cool. You know, girl in the fireplace. We need another episode. (laughs) Right. Like girl in the fireplace. Let's do that.
1: Oh, I love that episode.
0: It's a great episode. And to me, it was, you know, very impactful. But it has no bearing on the rest of the story. It has no bearing in what happens with the doctor, with Rose, with Mickey. It was just another doctor story. Uh, Whereas, you know, here we seem to be just trucking along, pushing that narrative forward. Every adventure Mm
1: -hmm.
0: has, you know, big or small implications in that greater story. But it's, you know, it, it feels like I'm reading a chapter book. Mm-hmm. More than you know, I'm watching a serialized show.
1: Yeah, you know? it's very intentional. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. I, I, but I'm still enjoying. And after this episode, I'm really starting to see the 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 nuggets. The uh, uh, oh, the, I'm starting to see things in the Matt Smith doctor. That I enjoy. Um, He's a
1: wonderful doctor. There's so much behind the eyes with him, and mm -hmm. you'll see that even more. He just—he's—he's a wonderful doctor. Yeah, very, very. I just want
0: him to speak a little slower sometimes. Just (laughs) he gets some some of those moments. Man, he can spit out words really fast. (laughs) You know, all that
1: good Stephen Moffat dialogue. He's just going to town.
0: And you know, for for the. Better part of four series, I've been able to watch the show without the subtitles. Matt Smith shows up and I'm like, got to turn those bad boys on because I miss so much. <laughs> and every week that I start watching an episode and I forget to turn those subtitles on. Or close captioning on. It's like, okay, let me use that feature on the Apple TV. Uh, what did he say? <laughs> and have it rewind because whoo.
1: Um, I feel like that's a very Stephen Moffat thing because Matt Smith speaks very fast. And then at the same time, you know, Sherlock was on and that was another Stephen Moffat show. And Benedict Cumberbatch was always talking so fast mm -hmm. when he was explaining everything. It's like he's the Amy Sherman Palladino of Britain (laughs) with the fast paced, witty dialogue.
0: I was about to say you, you mentioned the Gilmore Girls and that's another show that had you know, lots of very fast dialogue. You know, uh, it, it is an
1: incredible writing,
0: right? It's notorious. Like Gilmore girl episodes, uh, you know, normally an hour long uh, television uh, show will be, you know, 50,
1: 50 pages, some pages. Hers were like 80 or 90.
0: <laughs> right. Which is, yeah. you know, that, that would be a feature length, uh, movie under anybody mm-hmm. else's hands uh, and yet you know when you watch that show it was that rapid fire conversation uh, and yeah I, I mean I'm really enjoying Matt Smith I'm still you know I I, I liked Amy I liked her innocence I liked you know the, the raggedy doctor aspect of it mm-hmm. and her you know like okay now that I know you're real Nobody's going to believe me if I tell them. So, yeah, let me just go on an adventure with you. Um, But, you know, as as the episodes have moved on, I'm like, I'm not sure that I buy where she's going. But,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, there's so much more to come. So, you know, dear listener, if you like Amy, keep on liking Amy. It's fine. There's no shame. There's no. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna tell people they're wrong or they're right for liking something.
1: No, they're gonna tell us we're wrong.
0: <laughs> you know, she's
1: like one of the most beloved companions that's ever been on the show.
0: See, again, like a show like this, the beauty of it is there's so Everyone many possibilities that you you can love something and it's still fine. It, you know, the doctor will continue, and we'll have different adventures, and we'll look different, and things will change. So if you don't like something, just wait it out; it'll change. You know, it, that's true. It's it, it really is a wonderful MacGuffin. Uh, so I can't wait uh, for more episodes. But thank you so much for joining me for the this vampire, not vampire episode.
1: <laughs> My pleasure.
0: <laughs> I thought we were going to get to talk about gothic romance, and instead, as fish people
1: so much better though i'm so glad we're not talking about team edward or team jacob because yeah
0: that's not gothic romance that's just stupid (laughs) Uh, and that i will say you're wrong i'm sorry twilight not good
1: nope nope not even a little bit (laughs) but
0: thank you dear listener for joining us in this uh weird adventure through old venice the city of love uh it's really
1: croatia <laughs> that's really
0: croatia but you know water it, it all worked out but once again <laughs> uh you can support the show and leave us your comments tell us why we're wrong when it comes to twilight uh but why you are right for liking or not liking amy uh you can visit us at firsttimelord.com you can like i said leave a comment on this week or every week every other episodes uh that have been released you can uh support the show while you're there on firsttimelord.com by visiting our merch store we got some cool shirts there and uh, other things that you can buy for your phone thingies uh, but if merch is not your thing and you want to support the show uh, financially you can click on the link that will take you to patreon or search for my name daniel Levine, on patreon you can become a subscriber that way and help out the podcast uh financially so that you know I don't have to shoulder the burden of all the hosting fees. Uh, But the most important way to support the show is share it. Find that other person in your life that you've been trying to convince into watching Doctor Who and say, listen to this and let's get into it because it is an absolute wonder of a show. And it's so much fun to talk about. It's so much fun to share with people Uh, So let's get this community growing even further. But I am definitely out of time and I got to jump into my favorite TARDIS to head into next week, where apparently Amy is going to make a choice. See you Ah. next week, everybody. Fish heads, fish heads, roly-poly fish heads. Fish
1: heads, fish heads. Eat them up. Yum.